0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Hatch. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we may not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy
1: like um uh, that one time where uh, I was just, you know, like going to the going to the bathroom peeing, and all of a sudden a fly flies right into my stream and kills itself
2: <laughs> goes right into the toilet with yeah, the stream just
1: right into the toilet <laughs> with the stream that's, that's startling bro dude it was the weirdest thing i was like what? dude kamikaze fly, has fly. <laughs> yeah dude some fly You're with murderer, his fly bro. children or like Fatherless or motherless, I don't know. That's Some a, maggots
0: out there just <laughs> crying for their dad. That's the start of. A yeah, spooky I'm, I'm movie. basically
1: a killer now.
0: Guys, welcome back to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And my name is Sean. And we're really excited because this episode we are going to be doing a special Spooktober. What? A Spooktober <laughs> special? What? Shut up. <laughs> We're going to be talking about um, what's been our home for the last couple of years, and that is Utah.
2: Utah. Oh.
0: <laughs> People
2: working together.
0: Keep going. Keep going. Keep that going.
2: <laughs> Next
1: verse, please. No, I'm good. Oh. That's
2: like on all the... I've actually never seen the commercial. I just hear people singing it. I had no
1: idea it was a commercial. (laughs) I had no idea. It was like their
2: promotional ad for like visit Utah. You know what I'm talking about? Utah's
1: Rad. Yeah, like Utah like that's their hashtag Utah's Rad or something.
0: Utah needs new PR because they also do
1: Life Elevated. That's the other one they do. But yes, I agree. They need new PR because Utah needs dope new stuff. PR because
0: Utah is actually dope, but has like the worst rep, which I understand <laughs> and a lot of it's warranted, but there's enough to out outweigh that.
2: True. There's another thing that Utah needs to fix is okay. So <laughs> last year, my mom came up for a work trip and she was with a, a bunch of her coworkers and none of them had been to Utah. They had no reason to come to Utah previously. So they're really excited to be in a new city. They're in Salt Lake. And I was working at the time, so I didn't get to see them a ton. I mean, my mom was working too, but uh, we went out for dinner one night. In Salt Lake, I met up with them. and uh, talking to her coworkers, she or talking to her coworkers, they asked, "You know, what's uniquely Utah like?" Food wise, that I can go and get, you know, like New York has their pizza, Philly has their cheesesteaks,
0: the South has barbecue.
2: Yeah. Uh, What What does Utah have?
0: Nothing.
1: Utah has nothing. I actually have something.
2: Fry sauce.
1: Okay. Uh, That was it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Either that or jello
1: or funeral
2: potatoes. You don't go somewhere for fry sauce.
0: Also, isn't fry sauce just mayonnaise and ketchup? Yeah.
2: I mean, try a little harder. (laughs) (laughs) We're really bagging on Utah right now. We're just trying to get it out (laughs) so that we can tell about the other good things (laughs) that are are here because there are good things.
0: Yeah. Um, True. If you like the outdoors, Utah is the spot. I think there are five national parks within a couple hours of us right now.
2: All different types, too. Like not you have a, red rock. Yeah. And then you have just green trees and cascades. and
1: Yeah. so I was going to say. Not to mention like the state parks, like Uintas and stuff like that. Sure. So it, there's everywhere. a lot of dope stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: The salt flats, too, are really cool. True. Mm-hmm. A lot of wildlife. Super beautiful place to live. Yeah. Just invent some damn food (laughs) get something better to (laughs) eat bro (laughs) (laughs) we've uh, for the most part enjoyed our time here especially because we found good people each other each other we found each other i found you (laughs) and some Uh. good food (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess um but yeah (laughs) we're, we're gonna be talking about utah and stories that have happened in utah um kick it off though What a question from the question jar.
0: So by now you guys, I know I'm sure you've seen our YouTube videos of our clips and our adventures at the Merker cemetery. So thanks for all the
1: views. Uh, We're waiting for our check to come from YouTube any day now. (laughs) And please let us know if it's not clickbaity enough for you. We really tried to get it like perfect clickbait and we realized that we're missing some stuff. We'll do better.
0: Yeah. We were told by one of our neediest fans that all we needed was a red circle. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more.
2: <laughs> we're getting there. Um, I think it's time for...
1: The question. Question. The, the question. Time.
2: Question of this week is, would you rather have an arm hacked off or a leg? Oh. I already know both of your answers. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you guys know mine. Um, both of you are arm.
0: I'm going to say leg. I oh, actually really? was going to say
1: leg, too. You'd rather have your leg chopped off? Yes. So hmm. I can get one of those, like, kangaroo yeah, yeah, fins. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like that. But then <sighs> i still ask for have him to hands, get both you know know of my legs.
0: So you could have both fins. Uh, so I'd be like that girl from uh, Kingsman.
1: Hey, um, I see you. you know what I'm saying? Hey. Or
2: Mr. Krabs.
1: Oh, Just a double peg leg a peg Like peg leg Pete, yeah dude Just one leg
2: I thought you guys would keep your legs Because of how much you guys love the outdoors
1: Well, I mean, you can still get one of them things
2: Yeah, but how much harder it would be
1: mm. I mean, it's true But I also like rock climbing too I need my hands for that And I your legs get like, <laughs> Well, I mean, you do
2: I feel like you get more of your strength In rock climbing from your legs I don't know but Depends. If it's like super. True. If it starts going upside down, then then yeah, your
1: hands. <laughs> but True.
0: In, initially.
1: But you'd be more SOL with just one hand.
0: When we were down in Patagonia, we met a guy who was like 6'3", 220 to 40 pounds. Big dude. Oh, yeah. And he was missing a leg. Doing that all on one leg. So he was going to hike up to the top of Tor de Piney, which is a huge mountain. Uh, took us literally all day, and he was gonna do it. And his wife had been he, she was going with him and she had been training
1: all year to fireman carry him. Just in case. But he was a massive dude. She was small too. Like she was probably like a five six. She's like something. my size. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that was crazy. Anyway, you can still do the outdoors. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to do this episode. Uh, kind of shout out where we record and where we all. So, we're, I don't know if you guys are, you guys probably already know this. I'm from California, grew up in California. DJ grew up in Hawaii. Sean grew up in Washington. Actually, Sean grew up all over the States, but we all met in Utah. That's kind of where our love for scary stories sparked, grew, and coalesced into 3 a.m. Yeah, we've been here for
2: seven eight years. Yeah. At this point. So <laughs> holy crap. I'd like to <laughs> think that I know the lay of the land here. I know the culture and <laughs> lack of <Yeah>. lack of <laughs> or how to get around and how not to. Right, right. But uh yeah. You guys got some stories for Utah, right?
1: Got a couple. Yeah.
2: Let's, let's see who goes first. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work. And the other person put in the work as well. Uh, Didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, The good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience... Uh, that's something I've been able to find, uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself and we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule, uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am today to get 10% off your first month
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: All right, Bus out the die. Oh, oh. oh. DJ you know brought me. his custom die. You know me, dog. So DJ has his custom Dungeons and Dragons twenty-sided die made out of Ooh. metal. <laughs> I got a 16. Sean got a 8 8. I got a 3. <laughs> so highest number goes first. Shoot cool. So for my Utah stories, um, I'm going to tell an experience that a young couple had with a famous serial killer who spent time in Utah and that is Theodore Bundy
1: Whoa. also known as
0: Ted and I feel like even just recently ted bundy's become like super popular again i don't know sicko extraordinaire <laughs> i guess like zach efron did that video movie of him so he was on netflix. there was that
1: documentary that came out just before that too There's a documentary that came out
0: just before that on netflix what maybe yeah. it's just netflix <laughs> well true Could crime be.
1: in general has like
2: the genre has just had so much success in the past few years yeah because for some reason, everybody can relate to, to wanting to kill something. But
0: yeah, true, true crime definitely has like popped off recently. And in fact, if you recognize this story, it's because they told it on a true crime podcast, My Favorite Murder. And so when I, I, had, I had heard the story previous to that, and so when they told it on My Favorite Murder, I was like freaking out. So when I worked as a bartender – um, something I do when I get bored or it gets slow, I'd ask every single person, like, "What's your best story or what's your best scary story?" And this one server told me that her ex husband used to be a plumber.
2: No shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cause shit, like plumbing. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really not get it? Wow. Until- <laughs> Good job. <clears throat> anyway, so he was working on this old lady's house and he, she was like hanging out, basically hovering behind him the whole time. And he said she was just talking and talking and talking until finally she starts telling this story and he has to stop plumbing, <laughs> <laughs> tightening pipes or I don't know whatever <laughs> it is. And he like comes out from under the kitchen. And he's just like. Enamored by the story. So she said when she was young, much younger, she was in Provo, and it was near the time of Halloween. And she had met this guy and decided she was going to go on a date with him.
2: Provo, real quick, is just a small college town, about an hour south of Salt Lake, uh, home to Brigham Young University. BYU. Yeah. Usually, I think population is about... 100, 120,000 people in Provo.
0: So, yep. And she was down there during Halloween time going on a date, going on a date with this guy. And so uh, when she met up with them, he had suggested and she decided that they were going to go like stargazing. And there's a pretty famous place up Provo Canyon called Squaw Peak. So it's where a lot of couples go to make out diddle. I don't know. Classic, <laughs> classic lookup point. Read know? scriptures or something. Like <laughs> Pray. Yeah. Uh, all type of debauchery, right? So they turn off. It goes up Provo Canyon and there's a turn off on the right and once you turn off on the right, you have to take this super winding road up this cliff. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes, five minutes if you're Sean. And right when they turn off the main road and get onto this more rural secluded winding road up the mountain, she said something in the car changed and she looked over at her date Ted and he was like rigid and just staring forward and she gets really uncomfortable. He starts going a lot faster up the canyon and she can feel that something's off. So she doesn't know what to do. She's freaking out. She asks him to slow down. He's just ignoring her, staring straight forward. And he has this really like menacing feel about him. Um, So it gets to the point where she's so scared. She opens the door as he's going like 40 miles an hour up this road and she jumps out of the car. She said she like slid down a hill. She didn't get too messed up, but she got up and she started running And another car came and saw her. She flagged him down. And by that time, he had taken off.
1: Whoa. Dang.
0: Yeah. So later, after she jumped out of the car and she got away safe, later she found out that Ted Bundy had gone out that same night, found another girl, and killed her up the canyon. Oh. Um, While we were telling this story, one of my managers came in and said her seventh grade teacher like used to go to the same mall that was his hunting grounds. So he had like this mall up in American fork, I believe Mm -hmm. where he would go to all the time. And that's where he pretended to be a security guard. Right. (laughs) So she said one time she was working in that mall and she came out and there was like no other cars in the parking lot. It's dark and you know, parking lots, Um, At night, it's just like beams of light and then darkness. Mm -hmm. So she can see her car like 60 spaces away under a beam of light. Cinematic. And it's just pitch black. So she starts walking and she said she's about halfway when she stops because she thinks she hears footsteps that aren't hers. So she starts walking again and this time because she's listening closely, she can hear that someone's trying to walk in sync with her. So immediately, she sprints to her car, gets there, puts the keys in the lock, and opens it and slams the door. And she can see a shadowy figure running up oh. behind her. So she turns it into drive, pulls away, and as she's pulling away, she looks into this man's face that she later finds out because of the news is Ted Bundy. And she said, I'd never forget his face. Oh." So there's like a lot of stories and there's a lot of famous stories that we all know, but there was a lot of personal encounters with this guy while he stayed here. Um, and that was just one day of me asking and I got like two solid stories from it. Hmm. So I'm sure there's a thousand more. I hate that dude. <laughs> Such a <laughs> dickhead, dude. It's the worst. <laughs> he, yeah. He's I'm actually, not
2: like trying to be funny. It's like, like what gets into people's heads to you bring themselves to that. And he was a serial...
1: Psychopath. Killer. Sociopath. And dude. offender.
2: <clears throat> that That's a wild time. Having that in your hometown, it's oh, like yeah. the big talk. And it was crazy too because if you've ever watched anything on Ted Bundy or read anything about him, you may have come across a time where a lot of friends or people in the area... Who knew Ted on a personal level? They all said he was like the, no way he could have done that. like he's just a charming and really like suggestible person, easy to talk to, charismatic, but then he used that to his advantage,
0: which yeah, he, is wild. He was a freak. I don't know I don't, like. There was a point in time in my life where I was super interested in serial killers and like diving into the psychology behind it, but I don't know. I don't like taking that dive as much recently. It's just like, it's not fruitful. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to remember them or care about them.
2: Bring like more light to their name yeah. than already.
1: But
0: here I go bringing more light to their name.
1: Anyway. Hadn't you uh, heard another story about a couple on a date? Yes.
0: So this is actually the story I was referring to that I've heard on My Favorite Murder.
1: Uh, so a
0: lot of, so something I routinely do is I used to Google all the time like best true scary story and just read through that until one of them was like, this happened in Provo, Utah, and I freaked out. So this happened back in the 70s, and it was around Halloween. <laughs> so I think they had just got done with a Halloween dance party or something mm-hmm. down in Provo, Utah. And they, you know, getting ready to call it a night when the man later became husband and wife. But the man, he goes, you know what? Like, let's you know, let's keep hanging out. So he, he suggests that they go on a hike, on a midnight hike up Provo Canyon.
1: First of all, no. <laughs> Don't do it on a first date. That is a sketch move.
0: Oh, yeah. And by today's standards would never happen. But apparently back in the 70s, it was like, yeah,
1: for sure. It's a free for all. Jeez. Well, like
0: like back in those days, like kids could play
2: at night on the street and it was fine. Yeah. You know? So they thought. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, yeah. Until more and more people started, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Killing people. (laughs) So So the guy in this situation, he knows Canyon super well. He goes rock climbing there all the time. And he says, yeah, I have this, one of my favorite, you know, paths is up here. Let's just go on a hike. It's a full moon. The stars are out. We'll be able to see. So they drive up the windy road past Squaw Peak. They park the car and they get out and they start to hike, pitch black almost, except they have the moon and the stars. Right. So as they're walking along, they come up to a section of the trail that's completely covered by trees.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And unlike the trail right behind them, it's almost pitch black in there. The moon and the stars are covered. Mm-hmm. So they come up to the opening of it and the man gets a bad feeling. But he ignores it. And got to lo- test it a little bit, you <laughs> know. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I just push. met this honey, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: not going back. <laughs> I'm not turn trying out until her. You know what? I'm actually scared.
0: <laughs> Cuz she'd be like, "You know what? We're actually done." <laughs> Anyway, so later he would find out she would tell him she had a f- bad feeling at the exact same time. So if you're listening out there and you're with someone doing something kind of sketch, if you get a bad feeling, trust it, tell them. anyway, trust your gut. Yeah, boy. Hey. so they decide to continue and they step into the darkness as they're walking along the path. Their eyes can barely adjust. They can barely make out outlines. He gets another feeling, this time stronger. And as he gets his feeling, his foot bumps into something soft on the path. So he pauses. This feeling is hitting him. And he looks around and all he can see are just dark shadows and trees. And he decides right then and there, we're getting out of here. So he turns around and says, we need to go. I don't feel good. She goes, okay, me too, good. And they get out of there. they get married, they have kids, and years later, they see an interview with Ted Bundy, and the interviewer says, "What is the closest you ever got to getting caught?" And he sits there and he says, "You know, back in the '70s, near Halloween, I had found a girl, and I had taken her up Provo Canyon. It was the plumber." <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Except he's like 26. <laughs> and it's Ted Bundy, we know who it is. <laughs> Stop trying to solve solved things. <laughs> so, he he describes this time where he took a girl up and I personally think it was the second girl because the first girl had gotten away. Yeah. That same night.
1: The one that had gotten out of the car. Yes.
0: So, he went and found a poor girl and convinced her to go up the canyon. And he had just killed her when he said he heard a noise and looked up and saw two people coming into the trees. So a split-second decision, he ducks behind a tree, and he sits there, and he watches as this couple walks right up to the body, stop, look around, turn around, and
1: walk away. Oh, my gosh. So the couple got this close. Bro. Terrifying. I mean, well, he probably would have just run. Like, if they did find the body, you know what?
0: I bet a normal person would run, but I bet Ted would somehow convince him. Maybe like, he, I just found this just, too. Yeah, I I was just going to get help, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. That y'all, yeah. I bet he would. <laughs> that makes me think how many bodies or serial killers have you narrowly missed in your life
1: wasn't there that stat that came out like a few years ago that's like you'll walk by 60 serial killers in your life or something like that or it was probably just because of the number of serial killers there was versus like the total population that they put the stat together but yeah still like that's we should verify because 60 is a high number i know
2: i saw that too I wondered if it was just like something BuzzFeed made up.
1: (laughs) You know, I think it would be right. But odds are there. Yeah. Like from an odd standpoint. And that's where I think they got it from. That's crazy. I know there's
0: other Ted Bundy stories out there. If you have one, if your grandma has one, send them in. We'd like to hear.
1: Oh, yeah. But yeah.
0: What a wild time. It reminds me. Yeah. Like he literally terrorized parts of Utah for a while and it reminds me of like when the Zodiac was terrifying. At large. Yeah, terrifying San Francisco. And one of our good friends' aunt lived there during the time. and She said it was just like chaos. Everyone was terrified. Everyone, everyone was talking about it. Locking their doors, yeah. freaking out, you know, calls every night, checking in. Yeah. Ugh.
2: It'd, be, it'd be stressful. Yeah. For sure. Actually for a couple of years we would see a poster not even a poster just a print like a paper printout um of a missing girl and i want to say she would she looked latina i think her name for was sure, latina as well yeah and we also saw like this poster in a lot of like li- like mexican restaurants
1: yeah
2: um taco bell <laughs>
1: Cafe Rio.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to the serious subject.
2: No, we saw this we saw this poster at a lot of different places we were eating. Um and it was up there for a couple of years. Personally, I don't I think I've said this before, but I don't like looking at them cuz like when I see like something about a missing person, one i feel I just feel terrible about it, yeah two, like there's a small part of me that makes me feel like my duty as a human being should be to like keep my eyes peeled for this person mm-hmm. and that's just like that alone is just like a heavy responsibility it's a to lot me. to take on it is a lot to take on and yeah um but i this poster has been around enough for me to remember every time I, I saw it. And it, it, was up, up, it was up for like two years-ish, three. Oh. No, and we would
0: see this everywhere. I remember it being everywhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we went up to Hobble Creek, which is about 20 minutes south of Provo. And I wanted to show everybody this cool rock climbing spot, but it was at nighttime. And there was maybe like seven or eight of us. We found the spot. It was cool. We hung out for a bit. And then we started walking back and we're like, let's hang around and just chill. Maybe tell some stories. Maybe some scary stories. Right. And in the middle of all of that, I can't remember who was talking, but they stopped. And Charles and I looked at each other with the little light that was available (laughs) in the dark of this forest that we were in. And we said to each other, do you feel that? And the other said, yes. And it wasn't a good feeling. And right then and there, we're like, let's get out. We're like, oh, cool. Let's just leave. We can continue hanging out, telling stories somewhere else. More safe. (laughs) Um, We left. Everything was good that night. What, a week later, not even, news broke out that that girl we saw, her body was found in that same place that we were at. It's not a huge Canyon. There's not really any turnoffs. There's some houses there, but there's not like there's one fork in that whole canyon. And we went down the more rural part, which is where I think they found her. Yeah, it was somebody found her. Like they went to go pee.
0: That would be terrible and terrifying.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we were there, she had been missing for a long time already. We weren't thinking about it. Yeah. But just the fact that we were there, had that feeling, they found her body not much longer after. And it was, she was long gone. Yeah. Like her body wasn't fresh or anything. But it was just heavy and really sad. Yeah. A lot to think about. So if multiple people are involved in this kind of case with some type of killer at large, I've never been in a community when that's, you know, the current event, Mm -hmm. can't imagine. Yeah, Like the Zodiac Killer was in San Francisco. That's a big city, one of the biggest cities in America. And that's
1: multiple, like, victims, not just the one girl, too. Not to, like, downplay that, but still, that's much more widespread. Mm -hmm.
2: And it shook the whole city, all the people in that city. And he was never, he was never found. We don't know if he's still alive. That's wild. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I hope with the DNA testing
1: they can get them.
2: I like those stories. I hate those stories. I like those stories.
1: Yeah. Those are, yeah, those are nuts.
0: (laughs) Do you have any more? Uh, I just have a quick one. So, this is actually one of our good friends' mom. And she was up in Alaska with her husband. And it was at this hotel, and it was like, They had come home for the night and they were kind of relaxing. I think they went to the bar and it was like a group of people and as they're standing at the bar, she starts talking to this man who was super charming, engaging and uh, before they really get to wrap up their conversation, like they go and she doesn't see him again. Later that evening, they're all in the hot tub outside and that man who she started talking to comes and gets in the hot tub, mm-hmm. and it's like a group of you know a bunch of people just chatting. And as they're talking, I think naturally they kind of pair off and they're just talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. Wait, wasn't this? Did you say this woman was up with her husband in Alaska? It was just like a normal thing, not like they were like hooking up. I think they were just chatting, and he had kind of like taken her attention while everyone else was like talking.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So it was nothing like sketch, but nonetheless, he he's talking to her. And he starts saying things like, you know, are you up here alone? Are you visiting anyone? She's like, no, you know, I'm I'm here with my boyfriend, soon-to-be husband. And uh, I think we're visiting so-and-so or something like that. He's like, oh, so you guys are staying here? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then does anyone else know you're up here? Why? Like, what do you mean? Like, your family? Does anyone else know you're up here? And he just, like, his questions get increasingly. Weirder? More intrusive. And then he says, would anyone realize if you never came home? I was going to say that as a joke. No. He asks her that.
2: Would people know if I murdered you?
0: Pretty what? much. Pretty much what he's I asking.
1: Mean that, yeah. What?
0: So that, that's essentially like the feeling she got when he asked that. hmm And did everything to quit the conversation and get back to the group. Um, but she remembers the man's name and his name was Ted Bundy.
1: Oh, damn. So
0: she... Hung out in a jacuzzi with
1: Tedethon Bundy. Tedethon. <laughs> bro, homie got around to a lot of different states. <laughs> I know.
2: They exfoliated their skin
0: together.
1: Ew,
2: okay. Um
1: <laughs>
2: Bro, sometimes I wish somebody would.
0: <laughs> I wish someone would.
2: <laughs> I wish somebody would, dude. Like if we were... Uh, more in that situation not if i was in the mountains
0: (laughs) but if i was (laughs) like numbers and like (laughs) weapons i wish someone would try us
2: (laughs) if we were in a hot tub i was thinking like new like new year's eve last year oh yeah when we were all in park Park city City, and
0: if someone like pulled janelle aside and like tried to like say weird things
2: yeah all in the hot tub
1: that fool
2: and i'd be like yo you'll hear this dude (laughs) he just asked and then
1: oh we would have rolled up with you me charles jordan kale kale would have scared the shit out of them in any altercation
0: i've played this scenario out in my head like a thousand times in any altercation we square up with them and then when it gets real we all step back and jordan the smallest one of us steps forward so the dude's like what you know And then Jordan proceeds to beat his ass because he was fourth in the nation of wrestling. Mm -hmm, And I've seen Jordan wrestle with Sean.
1: And I easily have 80 pounds on And At the time, time, 80 pounds at least, yeah. And Jordan, like, handles himself. He's a little demon, bro. Dude, he threw me over his shoulder. I was like, nope, I'm done. I am not wrestling you anymore.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the spirit animal we gave him was the Tasmanian devil. (laughs)
1: Which is fitting. Apt. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy, dude. Yep. All right, who next? I think it's Shawnee Boy. Sean, it's your turn. I got a couple stories tonight, actually. Have either of you heard of the Salt Lake City Ghost? Nope. Mm Mm-mm. And it's the Salt Lake City Ghost. Damn. So...
2: What's it got to do to get that title? I know. (laughs) He's all proud wearing his badge. Right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm a Salt Lake City ghost. So he is one of the oldest ghosts, if not the oldest ghosts, in Salt Lake City history, and that's probably why. So back when Salt Lake City was being established, people obviously, you know, they die. And so the the city hired this man to be its gravedigger. The man that would go and dig all the graves for the bodies that, you know, when they die.
2: Was this at the Salt Lake Cemetery by any chance?
1: Yes. Salt Lake City Cemetery, which, by the way, is the second largest cemetery in the U.S. It's huge. It's
0: huge. Massive. We walked around there one night looking for a specific grave, and we were
1: walking around for easily three hours. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was... So long. And we and, randomly found what we were looking for, too.
2: We gave up. And we're like, let's head back to the car. We're like, we're pooped, hungry. It's late. And on the way back, we ran into it, which was crazy. But true.
1: <laughs> so this guy used to be the gravedigger at that. Yeah. Now, this man's cemetery. name was Jean Baptiste. He was born in Ireland in 1813 and was given the job uh, as grave digger in 1860 once he was here in Salt Lake City now he obviously just did his job no one really noticed him or anything there what a fitting name jean baptiste just
2: burying people in the ground john <laughs> the baptist
1: <laughs> true true so there was this one man who was buried here in the Salt Lake City Cemetery, but he was from back east. His family was still back east as well. And his brother came from the east and wanted to pick up his body and take his body back to where their family was from so he could be buried on the family plot. Mm -hmm. So he requests the body to be uh, dug up. And when the body was exhumed, they opened the casket and the body was naked and lying face down. Which can only mean one thing. Well, I mean. Wait, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the first thing was John Baptist or Jean Baptiste was then questioned like, what's going on? And turns out that he admitted to having stolen the clothes. He didn't admit to anything else, but he admitted to stealing the clothes and the belongings of this man. Hmm. Now, one of the men in the Salt Lake City uh, community leadership, like city council, had his daughter that was buried in that graveyard or something, and all of a sudden was like, well, what if that's not the only one? Mm -hmm. And so it was questioned more. It was questioned further. He was like, What about this one? What about this one? And they went back to Jean Baptiste's house and found thousands of clothes. He would use them as like his curtains or like things in his home. And he stole belongings, clothing, and he would give them or he would sell them to like pawn shops and stuff like that. So people would identify the clothes that they're family members were buried in and they would find them at pawn shops.
2: What a hustle. Dude. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Uh, if only you, that one dude didn't get exhumed, he would would have gotten away with it. It was from the medley kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he...
0: Like, you're already going through the tragedy of losing someone and then you have to find out that this freaking frick... Oh, yeah. It's like defiled your loved one's, you know,
1: yeah. memory. Oh, yeah. Um At this point... He was tried, found guilty for theft, and I don't know if there was anything else involved, but at least theft. Being a dick. And he was branded and then exiled to Fremont Island. And if you don't know where that is, it's a little island out in the middle of Salt Lake. What? Yeah. I had no idea. An island in Salt Lake? There's an island. The Salt Lake? The Salt Lake. The uh, Great Salt Lake. Salt Lake. (laughs) And it's called Fremont
2: Island. Okay. I thought you were talking about Salt Lake City. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, there's no, like,
1: <laughs>
0: go over
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Okay, so they banished him, exiled him to this island called Fremont Island. Now, um, it was a week or two later, a deputy go across the lake to, uh, like, give him supplies or something like that. And he's gone. Like, the island is bare except for this one little hut that he had built. And he was gone. He has never been found.
2: Oh, that was the end of him.
1: That was the end of his mortal body. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sent him off and then never saw him again. Just found
1: his house that he built. Branded him, exiled him, never saw him again. Now, there are sightings or there has been sightings of what is now considered the Salt Lake City Ghost. And they believe it to be this Jean Baptiste because the sightings of him are along the Salt, the uh, Great Salt Lake, Ugh. like the uh, beaches of the Great Salt Lake. And he's carrying a pile of wet clothes. And I, he's been sighted several times to, to my knowledge, but... That's all that he has been cited as. But he will Freaky. be just prowling, carrying a pile of dirty laundry. <laughs> dude, it's some homeless guy with all his belongings. <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to
0: keep my clothes clean.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting my wash out here. <laughs> Bro, but that's creepy. I've never heard that story. Yeah. no, I was like blown away. I would never heard of the Salt Lake City ghost, Bro, I want to find that island. Yeah, Fremont what? Island? Yeah, and dude.
2: For sure, probably his... Little housing, not there.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I think there's actually a couple of homes on the island now. Mm. Do
0: you think he made it off the island, or is his body lying at the bottom of the Great Salt Lake or something?
1: I think he made it out of the off the island because the Salt Lake you can float across, like easily. It'd be hard to drown in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think he got away. Um,
2: maybe there was a a murder. Maybe I don't know, maybe the family came and got revenge. Could Ooh, be. Yeah. Could be. And then Cuz if you, know, you find out this dude,
1: the-
0: Yeah, if you find out this dude who disrespected your entire family is just out on an island somewhere, it's like
1: you're going to take your little boat, <laughs> I can fix that. 50 of yeah. your boys.
2: <laughs> and back in the day I saw it was so easy to murder somebody, get away stuff. Oh, wow.
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Especially yeah, if it's like if he was kind of a dickhead to begin with, like no one's going to try hard to solve that. Yeah. I do have a question. This
2: is going to sound so sus, because it is. <laughs> grave <laughs> robbing? That's illegal?
1: Yes. Yes. Hmm. Well, then. Well, <laughs> uh, no, no. Also, I had a story. Also, <laughs> it's only illegal if you get caught. Oh, <laughs> uh, It's just like... Allegedly grave robbing.
2: <laughs> Me, personally, I don't ever want to be buried with anything.
1: I want to be like, cremated.
2: What's the point of having, like... Things with me. Oh, I mean, I, no I know point. in that story, it's just his clothes, but there are some people in, yeah, some cultures
0: where
1: they're buried with stuff.
0: Egyptians.
1: Well, <laughs> and he burials. had stolen. He had stolen clothing and like belongings that were on the bodies. Rings, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like, like the jewelry. That's what he would take to the pawn shops. Real and quick, he would just pawn them off.
0: The creepiest aspect of that entire story for me was he was using their clothing. As curtains in his house, yeah, I and mean, it wasn't that just curtains; it was like psychotic to oh, me, yeah,
2: unstable. <laughs> also, the worst kind of curtains ever. Like you trying to button your
0: curtains up, <laughs> <laughs> you see some like eighteen hundred overalls hanging from some like slot just in the freaking window, ruggedly. Just <laughs> my curtains unzipped over here. Oh. Just, like. <laughs> actually, it would it would most likely be a bunch of like old suit coats you know what i mean like yeah old, probably whatever you get buried just in. a curtain of top hats oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay that's kind of fly your your freaking lamp shade is just like a top hat right on top
0: but if i were like the the official who like cracked the case on him you know mm-hmm. and i like kicked his door down and walked in and saw that oh bro oh yeah We'll friggin' fight that fool. I back out slowly. I'd be like, we're dealing with a monster. <laughs> That's also inspiration for designers.
2: <laughs> you know, they're always trying to make the most unorthodox, unusable type of piece.
1: True, true.
2: <laughs> Unconventional. Anyway,
1: yeah. what were you going to say, though? Uh
2: with grave robbing yeah <laughs> nothing what were you about to confess to no <laughs> <quick? laughs> i have no experience with grave robbing whatsoever Next i was
1: story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking about how i don't want to be buried with anything i too want to be cremated so it's like i don't know if you live in 2019 and believe in progression and a green earth then you wouldn't be wasteful
1: true
0: here's a quick solution true. Start burying people vertically. It would take so much less room.
1: Or cremating everybody.
0: Or turn them into trees. Have you heard about the tree pod thing when True. you die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's kind of dope. They like put you in a sack, put a tree on you, and that tree sucks you dry. Takes all your nutrients and <laughs> it gets all big and full. Would you eat the fruit, though,
2: if,
1: Ooh, if that was your father? Fruit? oh, Definitely, <laughs> Yeah, I'd,
2: you would?
0: I'd eat it
1: all It'd angrily, like bro. Eating the organs of your enemy in battle, dude. Yeah. yeah, my father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, Charles loves his father's seed.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> <sighs> oh,
2: getting a little rowdy. We need to tone it down with another story. Okay. All right. This story comes from a girl who moved here from Brazil.
1: I, okay. she was born and
2: raised in Rio de Janeiro. And Rio de Janeiro's, unfortunately, One of the things they're infamous for is just their gang-related activity.
0: The favelados. Yeah,
2: the the favelas.
0: Favelas. Favelas. Favelado means like ghetto person.
2: Yeah, like there's, there's like a big slum part of Rio de Janeiro and a lot of gangs run all of that.
0: Can I tell a little? Yeah, go ahead. So in Rio, yeah, it's actually like, it's weird because how the city's situated, it's right on the shore and the super rich live on the bottom mm-hmm. and the whole mountain is covered in favelas where all the poor people live. So it's almost like opposite because usually the rich people live up top.
2: And you've seen them in the movies yeah. with like the colorful houses just like just stacked. saturated on the hill.
0: It's all like corrugated iron mm-hmm. yeah. and they're stacked on top of each other. Super narrow. Um, Yeah, it's super bad in Brazil to the point like child gangs are everywhere. So Mm -hmm. eight, nine, ten-year-olds and big groups of them will come.
2: And even police know not to go to certain parts of the favelas.
0: You can be on the most touristy beach and locals will like look around and just dip. And people won't know, but all these little kids come out from the favelas and they'll just rob you with gun, knife, just take all your stuff. Dip. And they have like no regard for he, like they'll Say. kill you right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So this woman is from there. Nice. Sorry. Painting a horrible picture. I've never been, but that's the way it's been portrayed, unfortunately. Uh, that and the beautiful beaches. So um, she moves to Provo. I don't know why. <laughs> she's younger. So I assume it's school she's going to BYU or something. Maybe UVU. Anyway. Coming to a small city because Rio's huge population is much larger yeah. than than Salt Lake City, let alone Provo. Hmm. She feels relatively safe. And with it being the US, she's not scared at all in Provo.
0: And let's be let's be honest, like when I moved to Provo it's the most safe I've ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm.
2: Not yeah. once have I felt in danger nope. living in Provo. <laughs> no. I, I,
0: I could go anywhere I want, whenever I want, and I yeah. I never feel sketchy. really. Yeah, not once did I feel in danger, which is good. Except in West Valley <laughs> <laughs> and then Tongans, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this experience that she had happened about a year after her moving here to the States. She describes herself as a cautious driver, driving really fast, isn't normal uh, with where she's from. It gives her a little bit of anxiety. Um, and this happens in November. And this November, winter came sooner than later. Oof. So it's, this, uh, she describes this experience as a snowy winter night. And she's driving a little more cautious than usual. And she's in the city of Provo. She's getting off work, headed home. It's already nighttime. And she pulls up to the light, stoplight. And she sees a man in crutches approaching the light, waiting to cross the road.
1: Hmm.
2: One, being outside in the winter, just not fun. On crutches, even more so. Triple not fun. So she's feeling a little empathetic. She rolls down the window. She's like, hey, do you need a ride? I can give you a ride somewhere close. And he says, yeah, that'd be great. Hops inside her car. And she immediately gets a a weird feeling. It's not overbearing, but it's something that she definitely takes note of. Mm -hmm. But they, they drive, and he's like, can you take me to my friend's house? She's like, sure. It's close by. They're driving. They're having small talk, getting to know each other. Um... He asks her what she does for a living, um, and they just go back and forth. They get to the friend's house, and I think she takes it a step further and says, like, waits for him to get inside the house. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And he's knocking at the door. I don't think the lights are on, but after a while, there's no answer. So she's nice enough. It sounds like this woman's a saint. For real. She's nice enough to offer him, you know, a drive to somewhere else that would work. And um, while talking to him, he's back in the car already. She's driving. She asks him, you know, what he does for a living. And he reaches in his bag. She's getting a little more nervous as all of this goes on. And as he reaches into his bag, she thinks to herself specifically, this is where I die.
1: Oh. Oh, so she's geez.
2: pretty scared. Takes his hand out of his bag. It's nothing.
1: Like but, he doesn't have anything? No, so yeah. he's
0: just reaching in and out of his
1: bag like a I crate. don't know if he
2: was just like situating something in his bag or something.
1: Situating that knife or gun, dude.
2: But he tells her I actually just got out of jail and was going to my friend's house because I had no idea where to go, what to do, now that I'm out of jail. So she's kind of speechless, tries to continue the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. Um, what
1: were you in for?
0: I was church on <laughs> Sunday in jail.
2: <laughs> Listen to this. She somehow steers back to asking him what he does for a living or what he did mm-hmm. for a living. And his exact words were, I end people's lives. After that, he proceeded to give her some sound advice (laughs) and basically tells her that she's a good person. And what you did for me today, I don't want you to do ever again. And he says, let me off right here.
0: You need to let me out of the car. And
2: she says, okay. Stops. He gets out. Gets his crutches and his bag. She drives off.
1: (laughs) Bro, that's... Dude, let off the hook by a killer. That's... that's Knucking futz, bro. No. (laughs) (laughs) That will not be your thought on the story. No, it's really crazy because it's eerily similar to a story that I have. What?
0: What? What?
1: That's cool.
2: I was just going to say one more thing. It's just like, Oh, go for it. Empathy. Great. (laughs) Like, it (sighs) potentially got her into a really bad situation, Mm -hmm. but also probably
0: got her out of that same situation. Mm -hmm. True. Dude, it's so hard. It's so hard to know where to draw the line. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't just go around life treating everyone like,
2: they're the same.
0: Yeah, you can't make the assumption that every man or, you know, person walking on the side of the road is Means out well. to do evil or, 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 or the opposite. Yeah. Because if you have that mentality, you're going to miss out on a lot of interactions of in life that might enrich your experience mm-hmm. because you'll talk to eight people, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like probably don't pick up hitchhikers if you're a small female or ever.
1: Mm, if yeah. you're a dude. I mean, just trust your gut. <laughs> yeah, for real.
0: That's terrifying. So he basically, without telling her, was like, this could have gone another way. But because you were nice, you need to let me out. Yeah. Ugh. Um
2: She did admit to being a little naive, I guess, where she's from. It's common to do stuff like that, you know?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. And to I pick people in, up, yeah, or like in those tight neighborhoods, just offer help, or, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like people know each other, you know. Um, you know, cultures are different <laughs> in different countries, surprisingly. So, yeah, in the states, it's not as common to just pick up somebody random, yeah, in the middle of the night, but probably seeing him on crutches, maybe,
1: yeah, just. Especially with it snowing outside, she's mm-hmm. probably j- like just feeling for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but nice. You said you had a story. I did. Go. It's eerily similar. So there's down in southeast Utah, a place called Four Corners. And Four Corners is known for supernatural occurrences. Like, have you ever been to Four Corners, either of you? No, sir. Is I that where not. all the states meet up? Yeah, the four corners of Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah all meet in one corner. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's kind of cool, but um, for some reason, it's known for supernatural occurrences. One of the reasons for that is there was formerly a Highway 666 that starts in Utah goes down through Colorado into New Mexico, and it has since been changed to Highway 491, I think. But we all know what you really are. Yeah, it's the Devil's Highway nickname. What? I've never heard about this. Yeah, it's down in southern Utah. Um, With that being said, there was – I mean, there's a lot of folklore that goes around this as well, which I'm kind of skipping over, but there was a girl who was driving from southern Utah down to – Albuquerque, I think, in New Mexico, and she's out in the middle of nowhere, and starting in Utah, she, I think, was getting into Colorado and saw this hitchhiker on the side of the road, and she's like, a nice person, yeah, and her name was Nikki, she uh, was like, yeah, I'm a nice person, I'm going to uh, stop and pick this guy up. And so right as he like sticks out the universal sign of her hitchhiker, she pulls over, hey, you need a ride? Um, where are you going? And he's like, just as far as you can take me. And she's like, well, I'm going down to New Mexico, but like we'll go through this tiny little town that I can drop you off in. And so they keep going on this road, stop in this tiny little town, but in, like along the way they kind of strike up a conversation, getting to know each other, and like, you know, just having a good conversation together. And they get to this little like dive bar or whatever, just out in the middle of nowhere, like a little place where truckers probably stop. And one of the things that had come up in the conversation was he was strapped for money. That was one of the reasons why he was hitchhiking because <laughs> he had no money. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to be a nice person. She bought him dinner while they were there. All and, these nice
0: people out here, bro.
1: Yeah, just super nice. And he was, like, kind of blown away. Like, she's just helping him, buying him dinner and all this stuff. And then they get back in the car and drive to this town. She drops him off in the downtown of this tiny little town, if you will. And as he's, like, getting out of the car, he says, hey, can I, uh, can I have your number just so, like, maybe one time we'll catch up in the future or something. And she's like, yeah, sure. Like, excited to hear where this guy ends up, right? Just pretty naive in this scenario. And the scariest thing is nothing happened here. Like, nothing happened. She gave him the phone number, left him. That's the end of that story. A couple weeks later, though, she gets a call from him. And when she picks up the phone, he's like, I just wanted to tell you, when you picked me up, I was going to rape and then kill you. But because you were so nice to me, I chose not to. I want you never to pick up another hitchhiker again. And then he hangs up. She calls back, and she gets a payphone. Nice. I was blown away. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Crisis averted. But really, though, first of all, not picking up hitchhikers anymore. Second of all, if I do, I'm being hella nice to them. Yeah. Do you want some food? Here's a jacket. <laughs> oh, you don't have a home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> <To> have <laughs> mine. mine. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was I was crazy when I heard it. It was from a friend at work, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Damn. They heard. They heard from this person though. Yeah. Like okay. a, it was, was a third party story (sighs) so then i don't know what kind of advice
0: to give because on one hand being too nice could get you into that situation but like
1: dj said might be the only thing getting you out of that situation yeah that's crazy though like when you started telling that story was like are you kidding me
2: what's weird to me is people have these motives but it's like where they draw the line it's like oh i'm gonna murder and rape this person she gave me a ride never mind you know she gets a pass she had double mint gum
1: one thing (laughs) though that like we're good i could see happening is just this freaking like crazy person who is hitchhiking gets a number decides to play a prank or maybe like you know what she
0: shouldn't have done that so i'm going to scare her so bad she never does that again yeah i could see that being what happened but if you're willing to go to those lengths it's like it's weird how like their moral
2: compass is like Where's their Where's north?
0: the
1: line? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's creepy. Yeah. But, like, also, there's, like, creepy supernatural stuff that happens down in southeast Utah. Like, <laughs> Devil's Highway. We have to go. Oh, yeah. I definitely wanted to go <laughs> after finding out it was called the Devil's Highway. That's crazy. What
0: a lovely place we live in. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is though it does have a lot like there's so much history here there's so much outdoors it's fun to hear things I've never heard yeah like more so there are a ton of Native American urban legends here in Utah there's been battles fought there's Indian burial grounds everywhere true ton of stuff there's cryptids running around here apparently I don't know Utah's pretty cool yeah but I had fun looking at these stories and thinking like I lived right there Or I've been there a thousand times.
2: I've been at that stoplight.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) That cave, that house. But anyway. Well, we got more stories in our next episode about Utah. Utah part two. Mm -hmm. Hey. But anyway, thanks for all the love out there. Thanks for the support. And moving forward, if you have any stories, please send them to 3AMpodcaststories at gmail.com or just hit us up in our DM, 3AMpod on Insta. Check us out on Instagram.
0: Check us out on YouTube. We're putting up more and more content. We've had good feedback. We're getting better. It's been fun. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, also
0: check out our uh, October movie list. It should be like halfway done by now. It's been fun. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did a scary movie a night in October. And it was <laughs> definitely the most prepared I've ever felt for Halloween in my life.
2: Yeah. W- this week, we're in the middle of classic,
0: classics and thrillers. Nice. So what's on 17?
2: 17 is Alien.
0: Dude, Ooh. that's a
2: good movie. Bro, and tomorrow... What is it? The Shining. Ooh. <laughs> on a Friday. Good Friday night movie. <laughs> the night
0: after clue
1: Oh nice. that's my
0: favorite movie i can quote almost the whole movie the shining <laughs> is my favorite horror movie
1: mm-hmm. nice one of mine
0: too i love stanley kubrick and i love room 237
2: you'll see on the list there are bolded movies
1: mm-hmm.
0: and those ones are our personal favorites and ones were
2: we're not gonna watch a movie we haven't watched a movie every single night Too busy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This podcast takes up way too much time. And just coordinating everyone's schedules to meet, to watch a movie every night. Too hard. But we're going to try to watch. uh,
1: Those bolded ones.
2: Yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, folks. We always love having you guys. So until next time, trust your gut, watch your back. Bye, love you. Be safe.
1: Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.
0: To Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. It's a fun show about weird stuff.
1: New episodes every Wednesday, yeah, eggheads. I'm Art. And I'm Andy. And Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time is a podcast about conspiracies,
0: the paranormal, UFOs, and Unsolved Mysteries. We're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations. Oh, yeah, that's his nickname, Finger-Banging Bob Lazar. Give me some aliens with some good frickin' spacecraft.
1: The whole enchilada. The only thing bigger than Bigfoot's feet are our egos. If you like simulation theory, ancient history, egghead science, and Mandela effect, that kind
0: of stuff. So check it out. New episodes every Wednesday. All the links you need on MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com. And we'll see you in the bunker.